Hey everybody, it is so good to see you. I hope you're doing well as can be out there. It is Reverend Allison Gossett, and I am joined today again by Senior Pastor Davis Chapel. Hi, Davis. Hey, Allison. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Um, if you have been joining us in worship over the past few weeks, we have been going through a series on the fruits of the Spirit out of Galatians 5. Um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you know that song from childhood? <laughs> um, but anyways, this is a relatively common study. Like I've seen different studies and series on the fruits of the Spirit. So I was so interested in hearing from Davis if he had really delved in, as he had delved in to study, what's something unique or different that he had discovered in his study of the fruits of the Spirit? Yeah, that's a good question. And by the way, I hope you will sing that song for us at some point in the series. <laughs> We all we all want to hear it. Um, Not on recording. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. There's there's a lot to learn um, in in this series, I think. And one of the things that's really kind of come to light so far for me has been uh, the necessity of putting this study in context. Um, like, why why did Paul? Why was Paul led by the Holy Spirit to name this list of fruits? And what was the context in which he uh, shared this? Because, of course, he did it through a letter. I mean, that was his way. Uh, that was his common medium uh, for communication in terms of ministry, because obviously he spent a lot of time in jail because of his faith. So the benefit of all that jail time was he had time to really reflect, discern, and to think about the work of mm -hmm. ministry that he'd been doing within the churches and to write out to various uh, communities that were struggling with their faith, with their newfound faith, to help them understand a little bit more about what it meant to live out uh, their faith in the context that they were living in. So he's writing, it, it wasn't just one church in Galatia. Uh, Galatia is a, a section, a region, and, and there are numerous little house churches that have sprung up as a result of Paul's ministry there uh, from years before. And so Paul was very attuned and attentive to the specific struggles that churches were having. And apparently what, what, I'm, what I'm learning, I guess, again, and maybe for the first time is that the specific problems that the, church, the churches in Galatia were struggling with was after Paul had ministered to them and they had accepted Christ and found this freedom uh, in the grace of God in Christ, that at some point after Paul had left, uh, there were other missionaries that came into those churches that were largely Jewish Christians uh, who came in and were preaching a message that was a little different from what Paul had been preaching. Yes, yes, the grace of God in Christ is important, they were saying, but you need to add to that. You need to add the law, the Jewish law to that. And some were even requiring these new Christians to be circumcised. Because again, that's a part of the Torah, it's part of the law, that's the external mark of one's faith. And so they were beginning, uh, the church was becoming a little moralistic with the law. Because the truth is, anytime you have to add anything to the grace of God in Christ Jesus for salvation, uh, you're on dangerous ground at that mm -hmm. point. Because uh, we're not saved by anything that we do, mm -hmm. by any works of the law. Uh, but we're saved completely by the grace of God in Christ. You don't have to do anything to deserve it. You have to receive it. 
And then once you receive it, of course, there's an extreme makeover that happens in your life, right? There's fruit as a result of that. But Paul's concern in Galatia was that there were people who were beginning to add to grace, that in order to be saved, you had to add some other part of the law to that to reassure yourself that you were indeed saved. And Paul was writing to say, no, 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 you don't have to do that. The other concern that he had in Galatia is there were some who were taking taking advantage of this newfound freedom. That they were saying, well, because I've been saved in Christ, it doesn't really matter, you know, what I do. Right. I'm free and, you know, you can, it's a free country, you can do what you want to do. And because of God's grace in Jesus, I don't really have to change uh, mm-hmm. that much of my life. And so in, in a way, Paul was concerned both with those who were becoming too moralistic and with those who were saying, well, morals don't matter at all. And so uh, he was concerned about that. So uh, when he writes about the fruit of the spirit, he's really saying that if you have been saved, if, if you have accepted God's grace in Christ, there is a makeover in your life. And it looks like this. Mm -hmm. It looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's what it looks like. And the other interesting thing, Allison, I wanted to say about this is it's not like God wants us to have one of the nine fruit, or maybe you could have two or three. He right. wants you to have the whole basket. Right. That if the Holy Spirit, if God is is changing your heart in Christ, that gradually, it's not overnight, obviously. I mean, it's two steps forward, one step sideways sometimes. But over the long haul, in the process of becoming more like Jesus and the work of sanctification in your life, gradually you get the whole fruit basket. Mm -hmm. And he wants us to live into that kind of behavior. And so I I think it's really important both to know that and also to know the context in which Paul wrote these words. Because the same thing can happen today in any church. Sometimes the church becomes a little too moralistic, sometimes a little too loosey-goosey, and these kinds of things. And so it's important um, to remember that the, the fruit is, you know, Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, by their fruits, you will right. know that they are my disciples, by mm-hmm. their fruits. And of course, the number one fruit is love. love. By this, Jesus said, by this shall all people know that you're my disciples by the way that you have love one to another. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, good word. Good word. Well, thanks for joining us again today. It's good to see you. Thanks, Allison. Next time, (laughs) next time you need to sing that song, so get ready. Uh, I'll have to practice. Y'all know that song, right? The fruit of the spirit's not an apple. Y'all know that one? Okay. Anyway, so it's good for everybody to be here. (laughs) See me try to sing on a recorded thing. (laughs) Um, Oh, do you want to close us in prayer? Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Al. Dear God, we give you thanks for just the joy of knowing that you are uh, abiding within us. Lord, we give you thanks for your grace. We thank you for your unconditional love that really does uh, an extreme makeover in our lives. Mm -hmm. It is our desire to live these fruits in ways that bring glory to you and uh, in ways that express our love for our neighbor and for each other. Uh, We thank you for your word. We thank you for what we glean from it, what we discern from it. 
uh, when we expose ourselves to your scriptures. And we pray that you would continue the, the work of sanctification that you're doing in our hearts, that we might always give glory to you in the way that we live. And we pray it all in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. See you all later. See ya. Bye.